Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in to Balloon Party. It's Friday. Jackson, I've got it is May 27th, 2022, and one of the most anticipated playoff games in recent memory, excluding like 10 games from 2019. Yeah, I mean, you can feel the energy in this city today. Is that right? Really? See, I'm in my basement and I haven't left my basement. I sleep in my basement, I do my shows from basement. I live in my basement. Yeah, so I guess you don't really have a, a real read on the temperature here, but it is, uh, there's excitement, especially when I walked in here with Michelle and Randy. They were fired up. And, uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, everyone's really excited. I mean, it's uh, well, uh, you got a three-day weekend. Combine you, that. You, you better believe it, Jack. <laughs> you got that combined with a Blues home playoff game, game six. And, I mean, there's just there's great energy in the air, and you love to see that. That's uh, something... That you love to see, and with good weather upcoming this weekend too. I mean, a lot's going right here in St. Louis right now. I like it. I'm fired up for it. Jeremy Rutherford is going to be with us. Oh, in about ten minutes uh, here on 101 ESPN to talk it over, see if there is any news and notes. The Blues will be taken to the ice at 10:30, and uh, any questions you may have, any thoughts you may have for Jeremy Rutherford, don't hesitate to text them in six five. 780, the Air Comfort Service text line. Jackson and I with you for our one hour. And then we go away for a few days and back on Tuesday after the long weekend. Hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend. And hopefully, 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 we have two games to enjoy with the Blues uh, tonight. And then what will be in the NHL has announced this. Not that it's all that surprising, but that uh, if there is a game seven, it will be at 7 p.m. on Sunday night. On the off chance they would have run it during the day, that would have been super disappointing. So not really surprising that it will be Sunday at 7 p.m. If indeed there is a game seven. So that is the table setter for you. I got to ask you a question, Jackson. Oh, I love questions. Okay. Has it been made public who is banging the drum before tonight's festivities no. at Enterprise Center? I don't think it is so. Not. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I follow uh, David Freeze on uh, Instagram. And uh, and that's I follow you also on Instagram, and you're always making like duck lip pictures in your rearview mirror and posting those, and yeah, pouty and, and seemingly naughty, and wanting people to meet you in Clayton and bankroll you. It's more I've likely it's more likely old photos of when I was on vacation with my feet uh, laid out on a beach, taking pictures of the ocean, saying like this will do or something like that. That's most of my Instagram game. I'd uh, delete those as soon as we hit a commercial break. But in the meantime, David Freeze. Now, David Freeze has a story on his Instagram, and uh, he has a video of his, one of his sons up. He has two sons now. And what he wrote was, had tryouts to see who would get on the St. Louis Blues Jumbotron hype video with me for tonight's Game 6. Lil Brocato, it's one of his sons, 
kept falling apart, LOL. Kai owned it. Let's get to that game seven. Jackson, I can't help but say that it sounds like, based on David Freeze's Instagram post, that David Freeze, synonymous with game six in St. Louis, will be on that drum tonight at the Enterprise Center. Yeah, I think that's an absolutely perfect person to do it. I think that'll... The, the doors might blow off of the Enterprise Center tonight when he bangs that drum. Yeah, you're, with the Game 6 history with Freeze and just him just being a local legend, I think it's perfect. So, I, I, and the reason why I'm asking, again, because I, I live in my basement, so there could be all kinds of things going on outside in the world and I'd be unaware of them. <laughs> but I didn't know if, like, Randy and Michelle had talked about it or if the Blues had sent out a release or if I didn't see on Twitter that, that Freeze was doing it. But based on that Instagram post, I think it's fair to say, via deductive reasoning, that David Freeze will be banging the drum before the Blues and Avalanche take to Game Six tonight. What a perfect choice! Yeah, that's that's going to bring that's going to bring the house down. Really awesome stuff. So there it is. Uh, all right, there it is. David Freeze on the drum tonight. Jackson, you posed this question. Uh huh. We are entering one of the most anticipated playoff games in recent memory where the energy of the building will be ridiculous. If you could, please list your Mount Rushmore of highest energy playoff games in the St. Louis area since 2000. I always enjoy these Mm -hmm. because it it allows the uh, audience to interact, 65780, and then it allows me to go into my memory bank. We're starting at 2000, and we're talking playoff games. Those are our qualifications, St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. So you might throw in Monday Night Miracle 86 or, you know, Game 5 of the NLCS in 96, which is a sneaker six game. Dimitri Young, uh, triple Brian Jordan home run against the Braves. They were up uh, three to one or Game 4, I guess. Game 5 sucked, but uh, Game 4. So we're starting at 2000 because we want to incorporate the Youngs. All right? Yeah. So with that said, I think when you talk about now, are we talking about the anticipation of the energy, Jackson? Or are we talking about how it actually played out? This is your question, so I want to answer what your question is. Because there's a difference between what the anticipation was and what the actual bolt of energy was. Right. So it's kind of of hybrid in a sense where like the anticipation was so much that before the game or right as the game was starting, the energy in the crowd was so palpable and so awesome. So not necessarily what took place during the game to create the energy, but the energy that was already brought into the building before the game actually started. All right. Anticipation, I will say Rams-Vikings, January 2000. Actual execution, I will say Rams-Buccaneers when Prohl caught the ball. But anticipation, Rams-Vikings. Um, I know it's tough to include the Rams in lists, but, you know, we got to be honest here. Um, I would say Game 7 of the 2011 World Series, mm-hmm. but actual execution of a game in energy, it would be Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. Right. Uh, I would say Game 6 of the 2019 Stanley Cup Final, actual execution of a game with energy, when Pat Maroon scored his goal yeah. in game, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's, that, yeah. that's how there's I'm, I'm trying to include things in the same moment of, of, of playoffs, but then show the difference between the two. So I've got those going. Ah, oh, God, I, I, th- I also think, and maybe I'm going to miss one here. Uh, I, I think you could include anticipation for the game seven of the blues and Blackhawks in 2016. But I think if you go back 
considering what happened in 24 hours in 2004, the anticipation for Roger Clemens on the mound and the Cardinals were down three to two until Jim Edmonds hit that home run to force a game seven in 2004. And that was a great game. That wasn't just one of these randos that, that run deep. Right. Uh, therefore, game seven of the 2004 NLCS, as mm. far as anticipation goes. Yeah. So I agree with most of those. Uh, I, I obviously don't remember the Rams. Uh, playoff run in 2000 as I was two years old, but uh, which was the first game uh, the Brewers were in town in the 2011 NLCS? Would that be game three since they won the division? They would get the first two games at home? You are correct. That I was at that game, and with the bad blood between the Cardinals and Brewers that season, I remember going into that stadium with the you know with the towels that everyone had, and right at the first pitch, the whole place was going bananas. I remember that being like really awesome, really big energy moment. This is a good call here, because I was at this one. I took my wife and took my dad, which I'll always hold incredibly close. Uh, game six against the Sharks, 2019, to clinch the West. Yeah, that that was that was incredible. Was that an afternoon game? Uh, no, that was a it was a midweek game. Oh, okay. It might have been Thursday. Right. It was a night game for sure. I remember there were storms all over heading in. Um, and you had a feeling it was going to happen. I remember texting with some people um, going into that, going, it just seems like it's, if, as a Blues fan, at that, at that time, now our mindset is different now, but at that time, because it still hadn't happened, when it looks like you're about to get it, it somehow gets taken away, and so you're like, this can't be right. I mean, the Sharks didn't send, you know, multiple guys to St. Louis. They were clearly decimated. The Blues had won two in a row. You're like, can the Blues actually go to the Stanley Cup final? And then the game played out about the way you would expect it. It was kind of the way on on Wednesday night in Denver that the game was playing out before the Blues actually mounted their charge. The game was kind of going, and okay, it's three nothing. The Avalanche, and then no Tarasenko scores. Final score will be four or five to one. That's kind of how it looked in that game against the Sharks. The, the, the Sharks just weren't even competitive, and the Blues just kind of ran it. That's what that one was like. But the build up, and I remember seeing um, the the guys from the NHL come out there, kind of in the uh, background, getting the trophy ready for uh, the presentation after the Blues would win the game. And you're like, my God, the Blues are going to the Stanley Cup final. It just hits you. That was absolutely incredible. That's a nice play. That's kind of a sneaker play. Because you think of World Series and Stanley Cup final, and, and you know that, that's understandable. But that's a really nice play there. All right. Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us. His question or your questions for Jeremy Rutherford. Load them up, man. 65780. 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. JR joins us next with our engineer design facilities blues playoff report to get you fired up. If you can get even more fired up for tonight's Blues and Avalanche game six, it's next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a blues playoff report. Brought to you by Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis. Welcome back to Bloom Party on 101 ESPN, and it is our pleasure to welcome to the show here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, presented by Engineered Design Facilities for the Blues Playoff Report. 
Jeremy Rutherford. JR, good morning. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing? I am wonderful. I am fired up. I cannot wait for the festivities tonight at Enterprise Center. Uh, we were discussing in the first segment, JR, anticipation for playoff games in St. Louis, including the Rams, including the Cardinals, and of course, including the Blues. And we had so many in 2019 uh, that it's really tough to, to, to compare. But this one, considering what took place less than 48 hours ago in Denver, I think has people ready to absolutely lose their minds, especially it's a Friday night at the start of a three-day weekend coming on the heels of an incredible comeback win. I think you're absolutely right, Tim. You know, the past uh, 24 hours, just people giddy. You know, I flew home from Denver yesterday, and you get back to St. Louis, and I'm getting texts and phone calls and you know, people telling me, book your trip to Denver, you're going back for Game 7. So so we'll see. But, yeah, there was a lot of them in uh, 2019, and I remember the feeling, and this is exactly what it felt like. Yeah, this is going to be uh, fun tonight. The one thing we know we can expect is energy in the building. And uh, the, one of the first questions I have here for you, and we welcome people to send theirs in, 65780. JR, we've seen the team in recent years crumble in high anticipation home games with a lot of buildup. Game six of the Cup, game three against Minnesota this year. How do they avoid that tonight? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's always tough because of the emotion of the home game. And they started talking about that emotion right after that win the other night. They said, we go back home for game six, and, you know, it's going to be off the charts. You know, I think they've had so much experience with that, even though they've dropped a few of those games that you touched on. And, gosh, those were doozers, right, that game six against Boston, a chance with, you know, thousands and thousands of people waiting outside to celebrate and lose that one. And then, you know, same thing with Minnesota. But, you know, if there's one team, I, if there's one thing I believe this team about, it's when they say that they've learned some lessons. And I think that, uh, you know, from those games early on in the playoffs against Minnesota, even against the Colorado in this series, even though they didn't win these two games at home, I felt like game three against Colorado, they got off to a great start up until that collision yeah. happened. Oh, yeah, with, absolutely. With Bennington. Yeah, so I think they're, they'll be okay at handling emotion tonight. Uh, this uh, this question was also sent in. I don't know what you have on it, if you have anything at all, but is there anything new on Biddington's injury? I know the boys are taking the ice here in about 10 minutes, and you will be uh, exiting the show for that. Any Have you talked with him or talked with anybody about his situation? No, I haven't. Um, you know, it was a, uh injury to that left knee. He was seen wearing a brace uh, in the suite the other night at uh, Enterprise Center, and also I think uh, wearing a brace headed out commercially at the uh, St. Louis Airport the other day so uh, I think it's a situation where like Craig Ruby said he's out for this series you know what I heard what sources told me after the injury was multiple weeks with a sprain so you know does that mean he could come back for the next series if possible Craig Ruby said he could uh, we'll see but definitely out for the series uh, for JR any chance we see Prunovich in tonight to run point on the power play didn't think the power play looked all that good last game and went over three that's from the 618 it's a great point. You know, I don't know. I don't think they'll make a change. We will find out in a minute. Blue's trickling on the ice right now as we speak. As you can imagine, David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly, the first guys out. I feel like I watched that in October, and here I am watching it in May, first two guys out. Uh, so as far as Perinovich, the power play did not look as good. Uh, I know Justin Falk, very capable of running that top unit, but it was a lot of perimeter play, and uh, they didn't get much going. Uh, I can't imagine that they'll put Perinovich in, though, because that would mean they'd probably go back to 11-7, I think they were happy with the 12-6 the other night, and I don't think they're ready to push uh, Pernovich in that top six defense. Um, with regards to specifically 
what the Blues will actually need to do. Because keep in mind, while they did mount that incredible comeback, it's not like it looked really good for the first take your pick of however many minutes of that game. I mean, they were getting dominated. McKinnon was on the verge of a hat trick in the first period, which, of course, he eventually got with that memorable goal to make it 4-3. to three. What do you think they can actually take from Game 5 and apply. We, we heard a lot about them learning about desperation, which you just made reference to. When the Blues say they learn something, they actually come out and then implement it. Do you think we will now see Robert Thomas and Vladimir Tarasenko more active in the team showing the desperation we saw in the second half of the second period and third period uh, on Wednesday night in Denver? Yeah, you can't guarantee it, and, and you know, you wish you could, right? But I think that uh, you probably do get some traction off the, the game the other night, and especially Robert Thomas. You know, he had to uh, I think it's been a, a tough offseason, uh, I'm sorry, a tough postseason for him leading up to that game. No points, right? And so he goes out and he gets those two goals, and we talked to him afterwards, Tim, and he said, you know, better late than never. So you're right. It, it looked like a situation where Colorado's taking it to him. The Blues felt the desperation. Season's about to be over, so they finally step up and play the type of hockey they're capable of. They can't wait to the third period for that to happen tonight. If Nathan McKinnon and those guys get going, you know, series could be over. Thomas, Tarasenko, Buchnevich, all those guys, uh, that uh, I felt weren't having a good postseason leading up to that third period uh, played well, and they need to have that from the start tonight. Uh, any chance of Tory Krug? I've got a bunch of questions in here about him. Yeah, no, I got a concrete answer on that. We talked to uh, Craig Ruby yesterday, and he said that Tory Krug uh, was not an option. He didn't think for game six or seven, even if they advance and play in game seven. Uh, Tory Krug was on the ice yesterday at Centene, and he was skating, doing some drills with that athletic trainer, Ray Burley, but uh, with that knee injury, just not close to returning in terms of the series. I think they'll have to play in the Western Conference Finals if we want to see Tory Krug again. Uh, what are your thoughts on Colorado's mindset? Uh, any insight into where they are after what is obviously an incredible disappointment and probably a great deal of shock as to what transpired in Denver? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that uh, they felt things were going to be over the other night, up 3 nothing, and they really went into that prevent defense, and it cost them. Yep. And so it forced them, Tim, to have to get on a plane yesterday and come to St. Louis, which is something they obviously uh, didn't want to do. You know, I still think the mindset's probably strong. It's a real good team. I got a ton of respect for them. You know, I think they could come out tonight and still play a really good game and perhaps end this thing. Uh, but you have to look at it this way, too, is that there is a lot, a of, lot of pressure on them, not just within the uh, NHL circles. You know, people saying they're a Stanley Cup favorite. You know, how can they blow a 3-1 lead to uh, the St. Louis Blues up 3 nothing in game five? Uh, but also within that city. And, and we've talked about it. I'm sure you've talked about it. Uh, you know, they've been knocked out in the second round the last three years. They haven't been to the Western Conference Finals in forever. So, you know, I think coming into this game against a, a Blues team that's got a lot of momentum from that last game, playing well, home crowd, haven't won against Colorado at home. You know, they, they want to put on a good performance for this uh, home crowd. Yeah, you know, I think there's a ton of pressure on Colorado heading into this game. And, you know, big thing, like Bernie Federico told me yesterday, how are they going to handle it? Jeremy Rutherford's our guest here, presented by Engineer Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report. Let's talk about the goaltenders. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily something most Blues fans were focused on while it was going on, but Billy Husso really kept that thing from getting to the point of, of just being grotesque, uh, you know, like an 8 nothing kind of thing with some of the saves he was making. But I don't think people really thinking the Blues were going to make a comeback, and so it was it was really just a footnote. And, and then you look back on it and you go, man, he kept them 
in the game from it going to to well beyond three nothing. And then on the other side, I know uh, Jared Lednar was asked about his goaltending situation following game five. Not necessarily expecting we're going to see him pull a Dean Evison here before game six, but nonetheless, it's something that now they're starting to pay a little bit of attention to in in Colorado. So if you would give a state of the goaltending address. Yeah, you hit it right there. Is the fact that we're talking about the Colorado goaltending and not the St. Louis goaltending, I think, is the biggest thing. Uh, you know, you go into the, the the series and Darcy Kemper, you know, is he a Vasilevsky? Is he a top-five guy in the league? No, but he's capable, and he was capable for Colorado all year. 119 points they put up. And, and so uh, there were some questionable goals in that last game with Kemper. I think there have been some questionable goals uh, in this series with him. So there is some focus on Kemper. I don't anticipate they'll make any sort of change with the goaltending. And then from the St. Louis side, how about that, Tim? Uh, lots of questions. People even saying, will Charlie Lindgren start game five back in Colorado? And Craig Bruby said, I didn't give it any thought. They go with Billy Huso, and Billy Huso showed him why. He's played uh, consistent this year, and even though he hasn't been great lately, giving up a lot of short side stuff, Tim, uh, I thought he had a great game. And, yeah, there were so many things in that game that you had to pick out and you had to focus on in terms of the comeback that Billy Huso kind of got buried a little bit. But it's not a 3 nothing game still at that point, which is within reach for the Blues to come back, if not for Billy Huso. Two of the final four are set now with Edmonton heading to the Western Conference Final. And an overtime win last night, Connor McDavid winning the Battle of Alberta. Patty Maroon is uh, headed back yet again with the Lightning. The Hurricanes are on the verge if they can win tomorrow in New York, although winning away from North Carolina has been a bit of a problem for them. Uh, and then, of course, we have Game 6 here in St. Louis. As far as uh, what we have seen here from the Oilers, uh, your thoughts on Connor McDavid and how some people I feel like are finally maybe paying more attention to him than the intention that he has gotten uh, to this point with what he has done with uh, the Oilers and getting them now to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, Tim, what a moment for him last night to score that goal and put uh, Edmonton uh, in the Western Conference Finals with a win over Calgary. I mean, an unbelievable season for Calgary, and it ends with the loss to their rivals. Uh, McDavid, you know what I take away from that? I've been watching those uh, McDavid post-game interviews the past couple years when his season's over, and he just can't believe it. Like, he, they wanted to get some help in Edmonton. Uh, they, they weren't getting it. You know, his kind of star status in the league it looked like his career could you know slip away or at least age a little bit without getting deep in the playoffs and finally they get that trip and it's because of that big overtime goal from from him last night so you know there's some people who think i think ej raddick was just on the show saying that the blues might give edmonton more fits than uh, colorado we'll see what happens uh, tonight obviously and, and who's going to face edmonton but i just think that team's matured a little bit yeah, they still, uh, with uh, Mike Smith and Nett, he can be great at times. He can let them in at times. You know, if the Blues do get to a series, are we going to see some 6-5 games with the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, probably don't want to get in a track meet with that club. But just more respect for Edmonton is, is the takeaway there, I think, as they've uh, matured over the past couple of years. And what a turnaround it's been. I mean, that was a dumpster fire a few months ago. And, uh, and here they are in the Final Four. Uh, final thought here, and it's, it's coming from the 314. JR, I need your prediction score-wise tonight. I don't know if you're interested in issuing official predictions here on Balloon Party, but that is the request of uh, one of the texters. No, if the Balloon Party people ask for it, you got to give it, right? <laughs> Amen. That's my credo. <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, I predicted uh, that uh, Minnesota would win that first-round series. The Blues, I thought, uh, really impressed me 
in that first round. I thought this series was dead in the water after that first uh, game. Even though it went to overtime, I just felt like Colorado severely outplayed the Blues, and you know that was probably going to be the course over the, the case over the next few games. And it wasn't. The Blues really rebounded game two. I like the Blues in this game. I do. I mean, we talked about it at the uh, the front of this that uh, you know the emotions is going to be the key. You know, how do you overcome it early? And then you look at Colorado after what happened the other night. Are they going? How are they going to respond? Are they going to come out and put this thing to bed early? You don't know. But I just think that the Blues, you know, the resiliency that we've used that word the past couple of years, and, and I think this team still has another good effort in them. I think uh, the Blues can win this game. And uh, you know what? I'll go 4-2 uh, to two tonight, Blues. They push it to Game 7, and then I guess we'll have to have another conversation to predict uh, what happens in that game. There it is. Jeremy Rutherford is officially on the record with the Blues 4-2 win. Uh, head to your wagering outlets right now, and uh, feel free to uh, tweet it, Jeremy, if it doesn't work out that way at around 10 o'clock tonight. JR, enjoy the festivities. We'll be following you throughout the day on Twitter for updates as the Blues are taking the ice right now for their skate. Thank you, as always, for the time, man. Yeah, tweet me if I'm wrong. It's at T. McKernan. <laughs> no! No! No. Sorry. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks a lot. See you. Thanks, JR. There is Jeremy Rutherford with the engineer designed facilities blues playoff report. He's got the blues winning it four to two. Your thoughts are welcome. Six, five, seven, eight, zero. You, of course, can catch all the action here on 101 ESPN. Well, Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale have another classic call. We will see. Game time is fast approaching. It's so much better, too. I mean, I know this is an obvious statement, uh, but when the game is at 7 o'clock, it's like, oh all right, God, you, know, yeah. you, you go through your normal day routine, and then, all right, you know, at 6 o'clock rolls around, we're an hour away from puck drop. So can't wait, can't wait to watch uh, the energy in the building, and if the Blues can get off to a strong start, what that's going to be like. That place is going to be going absolutely bat crap. And if you haven't read it, uh, JR's piece this morning on The Athletic is uh, about the comparisons between what took place in Denver and what took place in St. Louis at the Old Barn, the arena, on a Monday night in 1986. I will have uh, some of the quotes from that and then also uh, my thoughts on the comparisons and any contrasts from the Monday Night Miracle and uh, what we saw on Wednesday night in Denver. Your thoughts are welcome as we continue to talk about this game, this incredibly highly anticipated Blues playoff game. Uh, 65780 is how you can get involved in the show, the Air Comfort Service text line. I'm Tim McKernan, and this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We have 22 minutes left in this show, and it's a show that solicits your involvement, 65780, as throughout the course of the day here on 101 ESPN. We'll be talking blues and avalanche, a series that really at this point uh, has carried more weight rivalry-wise in a playoff series than ones I can recall in recent history. I mean, the Blues and Bruins, you know, it was it, it got tense at times, don't get me wrong, but it, it didn't get to what we've had surrounding this series. The Sharks, you had the hand pass, 
but the Blues were clearly the superior team, and that, that bore out over the course of that series. Blues and Stars is a hell of a series, not as much necessarily animosity going on, and, and there I don't think there was a whole lot of hostility, Blues and Jets. When you compare it to what we have seen here on this series, and like Jeremy Rutherford said, take yourself back if you can to your mindset following game one of the Blues series. You're going, well, I guess it's good that the Blues could take them to overtime, but my God, that could have been, you know, a seven-goal win for Colorado. That's a little concerning. And then the Blues issued their response in game two. Up until that point, and up until about 10 minutes into the first period of game three in St. Louis on Saturday night, with the Blues leading one nothing in a 1-1 series, it was standard hockey. And then everything changed. And what took place with Kadri in game three with Bennington. And then you have the social media Ruby in the crosshairs for the, that all of a sudden was extrapolated to turn into a bunch of BS that he put to bed a couple of days ago. And then you have the Blues uh, running uh, right back at Kadri in game four. And Kadri's response with a hat trick in St. Louis and holding his ear to the crowd as he skates by after scoring his goals and looking like the Blues are done both then and then Wednesday night in Colorado, down 3 nothing, and then down 4-3 after an all-time classic goal by Nathan McKinnon in the tie with less than a minute left. And then they win it in overtime. This thing now has so many damn st- it's turning into a classic, some of which is for hockey reasons, some of which isn't. And so, coincidentally, five years, uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, uh, from what would be one of the great rivalries in hockey, and that is the Red Wings. Now, I'm not comparing the there, but Enjoy more sports documentary that I'm for and uh, released, and you can see it on. Uh, I don't know why it's not from ESPN. It's from a Twitter user who I think just recorded it off her television at uh, Amanda Marie underscore nineteen, and I will go and retweet it uh, right now uh, for those of you following me at T McKernan. Um, for the avalanche and the wings and you know that was bloody and they interview joe sackick peter forsberg patrick waugh who jackson believes was in goal for the Bruins in 20 was was more well known for his Canadians than his stint with the Bruins in 2019 when he was 54 years old. Adam Foote, Mike Ricci, Mark Crawford all interviewed the Avalanche and as you can imagine they have all kinds of members of the Detroit Red Wings including former Blue Brendan Shanahan and uh, Scotty Bowman is in there. It is, it, it's an incredible trailer. I just retweeted it. Uh, they don't have an official release date that they have made public yet, but the belief is it will come sometime during the Stanley Cup final. Jackson, I know you probably weren't paying attention in part because of age and in part because it wasn't the NBA, but this feeling, 
who will love. Just the trailer itself gets you fired up for it. And when you have these kind of play out over the course of a number of years, uh, the intensity surrounding the games and leading into the games is really second to none in sports. It Because, re- again, you might have a one-off in an NFL playoff game or college football playoffs or college football rivalry. But when you're talking about seeing a team you hate every other night with the Stanley Cup on the line uh, or the right to play for the Stanley Cup, as was the case for the Red Wings when they were part of the Western Conference and the Colorado Avalanche, and they saw each other often, it was brutal. And there are some hits from that series and some brawls from those series that are uh, that are up there in all-time NHL infamy. So I love seeing that ESPN is doing a two-hour special on it. Uh, so that is coming out in June. I don't know how this series will be remembered. In order for it to live forever, the Blues certainly have to win tonight. And I know that Jeremy Rutherford released his play of a 4-2 to St. Louis Blues win uh, so everybody can unload their accounts and double up their money by taking the Blues. Uh, four to two. Jackson, you posed this query. Sure. In your questions. If the Blues drop the game tonight or on Sunday, how will you view this team in the 2021-2022 season as a whole? Would your opinion differ had the Blues lost game five and made the comeback? So game five increased my appreciation of a team that I already had a great deal of appreciation for. And that appreciation was built in particular with their response to what they were dealing with following game three against Minnesota. That's when I thought to myself, I just, I can't doubt them again right. because of the word that Jeremy Rutherford just used. And that is resilience. Yeah. And I, I do think that that's a word that can get tossed around and it can lose its meaning. And, and oftentimes a team or an individual truly may have it, but because so many others get attached to, to that word, it can lose its real power. But you cannot describe the St. Louis Blues of 2022 without using that word. And I would have said it before, and I think I did actually, I know I said it before, uh, Game 5, because of the things that they have dealt with both health-wise and being down in series or throughout the course of the year. You just can't help but appreciate that. And so even if they were to lose tonight or even if they were to lose on Sunday, um, I would have an appreciation for this team's resilience. And that's that's straightforward. It's not something I want to think about, but it's also, you know, it's my, my true feeling. Yeah. Um, because that's 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 what this team's synonymous with yeah. at this point. They, they were, they were dead. They were, de- they were, they've been dead multiple times. They were dead going into game four against the wild. Uh, you could have made a case. that looked like they were dead in the series after game one. And then they came out and then they win in Denver. I mean, they've won two of three games against this machine in their building and they had to win and battle when they've lost their best player on the ice, at least at the time in the series with Jordan Bennington. Yep. And again, they're doing this against the caliber of team that is the Colorado Avalanche and the speed that they possess. You know, it's not just Bennington, it's Tory Krug. I think there are multiple guys on the Blues, Braden Shen, that just aren't right. But here they are, and they keep grinding. And so many teams, including past Blues teams, once down three to nothing on Wednesday night, would have packed it in. And not to say they would have given up and just, you know, mailed in their shifts. But 
you know, whether it be at work, whether it be you're working out, whatever it is that you compete in, you know when you've got the pedal down and you know when you're kind of half-assing it. And it would have been very easy in that building down 3-0 to go, well, you know, Bennington, Kadri, what are you going to do? We just don't have the team, and this is a great team. We took them to five games. We had a 109-point season, you know, whatever. And they didn't do it. And then it could have been very easy and almost fitting if Nathan McKinnon's goal would have wrapped it up. And you would have understood it. You said, man, that's a real shame. They came back from 3-0, but hell, it's the Colorado Avalanche, and we'll see McKinnon's goal forever. Just like, unfortunately, we see Iserman beating Casey still 26 years later. So be it. But they responded again. And then if they would have lost in overtime, you'd have said, man, they responded twice, but they're doing it against this team, and they're in that building in Colorado and McKinnon. They just weren't going to be denied. And then they responded again. So it's it's a case of just an appreciation for a group of players, a coaching staff, and an organization that just would not go away, just like Joe Buck said in 2011 after Lance Berkman's hit in the 10th inning. So from that standpoint, I have an appreciation for this team, and I put them up in the pantheon of, of St. Louis teams, even if, even if it ends tonight. Let's just hope that's not the case. 1048 in St. Louis, you're listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party. BK and Ferrario coming up in a matter of moments, and they'll be carrying Craig Berube's press conference live at the top of the hour. So you want to stick around for that. That is coming your way here in a matter of moments. I talked about this uh, column that Jeremy Rutherford wrote in TheAthletic.com regarding the comparisons between Wednesday night in Colorado and the Monday night miracle. Bernie Federko quoted saying there were some similarities. I think the pressure on being in the third round is much bigger than being in the second round. Uh, But when you consider how good this team has been all year, 109 points, a lot of points, this team is much better than the team we had back in 1986. We were a team that never said die two, but we didn't have three lines that scored the amount of goals that the Blues scored this year. We were more of a blue-collar team and a team that shouldn't have been there. This is a team that should be there, and they're proving that they should. Yeah, with regards to the Monday Night Miracle, and if comparisons are indeed being made, um, from my standpoint, the Monday Night Miracle still, is, you know, it's, it's difficult to do it because usually when you're doing Prisoner of the Moment Sports Talk Radio, whatever happened more recently is the <laughs> thing that is greater, but right. I can't do that. I can't, I can't be, I can't be uh, dishonest with you. Uh, the, the reality is what exactly what Bernie Federico said. The Blues lose that game, the Calgary Flames are going to the Stanley Cup final. And considering the Edmonton Oilers had essentially begun their ownership of the conference, that was a huge deal. The uh, Flames got past the Oilers in the previous round. So for the Blues to be there, it was essentially kind of shocking, as Bernie Federico said. He said that team you know, kind of didn't really belong in that spot. And then they are down uh, in a way that you're thinking, okay, it's over, it's at home, but... It is a spot where the Blues were, uh, were you know, two wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup. In the case of Wednesday night, as glorious as it was, the Blues are still seven wins at the time away, now six wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup. With that said, 
when Pat Maroon scored the goal against the Dallas Stars, the Blues still were four wins away from getting to the Stanley Cup, and I think more people will remember that than many of the things that followed uh, up until the Blues defeating the Boston Bruins. So along those lines, you have to have moments like that in order to get there. And now we as a fan base here in St. Louis have seen the things that it takes. Part of it's good fortune. And whether that be the bounce of the puck going in your favor, also health. And I think you can make a case not really having to plead it all that aggressively that that has not worked in the Blues' favor so far this year. But the team's resilience, the word we keep using, uh, is what got them to the point where they are going in a game six against Colorado and uh, a chance in front of a packed building tonight to send this thing to a game seven on Sunday night in Denver. Cannot wait for it tonight. And you can catch all the action with all of the talk throughout the day here on 101 ESPN leading into the broadcast with Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale. We are going to shut it down. BK and Ferrario up next, and they'll have Craig Berube live at the top of the hour with his press conference for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McCartney. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.